0: Hello and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, episode 31 of Pittsburgh Pirates Podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch, and uh, I'm here today, obviously, to talk some Pirates. And obviously, here with me today is Jake Slobodnik. We're talking some buckos, Jake! How's it going? It's going good. Nate, how are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Well, actually, not so good. Because, to be honest, uh, the Pirates blew quite the game today. Quite the game. I'm not going to lie to you, honestly. Um, I was feeling myself today, and I was feeling a Pirates sweep. I was feeling the first Pirates sweep of the year. So I placed a little wager down for the Pirates to win today's oh, no. game. And, you know, I saw, I was like, "Freak 6 nothing, First inning, baby. We got this on lock. And what do you know? The Mets chipped away. Chip, chip, chippity-doo. Mets win 7-6. Pirates lose. They still win the series. It was still, overall, a nice series, but... Uh, I'm a little salty, to say the least. I'm not going to lie to you.
1: Yeah, I am, too. Um, This It was a very, very bad ending to a very, very good series, is how I think of it. We played our hearts out Friday and Saturday, and then today, I can't, you know, we actually played really well today, too. I can't lie. Our bats were there, maybe not in the later innings, but overall, you know, I thought it was a better hitting display than what we've seen. Kevin Newman's 10-foot double was awesome. That was um, awesome. That was very awesome. <laughs> I love watching Rojas especially get tossed for that. But um, JT Brubaker, ah, I sucked. Hmm? Yeah, he sucked. Sucked. Yeah. I I try to find the good in it because I like Brubaker personally, but today I think exposed him for what he really is, and that is a true long reliever. He is not a starter. Yeah. You're going there. Noticed- yeah, I'm going – I'm totally going there. I'm hopping on this train. Okay. I, I I say it not because I don't doubt Brubaker's ability, but if you notice, like in his recent starts, every time he – ha- he has a solid three innings to open it out, and then that fourth inning always eats him up. So I feel like he's only good for three innings, and that's really all that middle re- – or long relievers are. And, I mean, he could also just be apathy because he's on the Pirates and they haven't – I mean – Derek Shelton never really gives him any run support when it comes to a starting lineup, but I think today was probably the best lineup he's had behind him. And, I mean, for six runs in the first inning, that should yep. make your job as a pitcher easier. And Brubaker just completely shit the bed. You gave up a a first home run of the season to a dude whose last name is Blankenhorn. What the... I'm f- looking at that right
0: now. I as you, as you say that, I read his name, and I'm just like, the guy's name is
1: Blankenhorn. Like, come on. Give it up to maybe, like, Alonzo. You know, somebody who you would expect, but not a dude named Blank and horny who hits his first of the season. That's just... <laughs> and then Richard Rodriguez, I don't know what the fuck he was doing in the ninth. Like, it's... We had a solid showing from our uh, bullpen. Even Clay Holmes looked good today.
0: Clay Holmes was good. A clean inning. Six pitches is all Clay Holmes needed.
1: Right. and And, and Richard Rodriguez just... I don't know what the hell is up with him. I think uh, he just got a little scared. He he needs to develop a fourth pitch that he can throw to, to a lefty, like a sinker or something, because you can tell he's afraid to throw his four – like pretty much every pitch in his arsenal to a lefty, and it proved today. I, I blame Baker a lot for this game, but I also blame Richard Rodriguez because this was a game that he needed to close the door on, and he just completely yeah.
0: – f- Yeah, I agree. I mean, you said – once the first, whenever you said your take of Brubaker as a long term um, or a, as a future long reliever, I, I raised my eyebrow. I'm not gonna lie. I'm just like, what, really? But I'm looking at it now. You know, his ERA is up to 4.68 at this point, and he's been he's been nice all year. But you look at it, 4.68 is not good. I'm not ready quite to say that he's a future long reliever. I do believe that, you know, he's a he's a back end starter in my mind, but 468 is not great. He has been probably the Pirates' eh, probably second best starter behind Tyler Anderson if you think about it. But uh yeah, today was a really rough start and, you know, Four runs, six, you get six runs, just, you can coast, and Brubaker struggled, and then, of course, we saw Richard Rodriguez in the ninth inning, just serving off a, serving up a big old blast, and uh, the Pirates lost, and that, that really sucks. I will say, though, you know, the Mets, they came in, and they're like, hey, seven straight games against the Pirates. Easy breezy. We're going to extend our lead in first place in the NL East, but you lost four out of seven. So uh, to the Mets, I say a big old F you. You're not good. You're pretenders. You lost four of seven to the Pirates in a row. And uh, overall, a pretty nice series for the Buckos. I can't lie.
1: I can't lie.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a good series all
1: around, especially even preceding the All-Star break. I thought they played hard against the Mets. Um Going back to today, though, there was a lot of offensive miscues that I think we... I know I blame the pitching a lot, but there were a lot of opportunities for us to add insurance, and we just did not take advantage of it, i.e. the... Was it the eighth inning where we had bases loaded and no outs, and even the top three guys in our lineup couldn't do anything? It was maddening. I know. Like, you would think maybe at least Reynolds would do something, but nope. Was it three straight Ks, or was it two Ks out of the three? I forget. Yeah, I'm looking now. It's just... You
0: know, you score six runs in the first inning, you get out to a six nothing lead. At least give me just chip away a run or two for the rest of the game. And like give me something, but like you said, you know, in the bottom of the bottom of the eighth. Or what 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 inning was it? Was it the bottom of the eighth? I think it was the eighth. Um yeah, I mean they had runners on and it just just didn't work out. And today, like I said, I'm extra salty because I had the Pirates today. I really did. And I was looking good. And this is just me talking. This is pretty selfish of me to uh, talk about my bets here on the podcast. But uh <laughs> pretty pissed off, honestly. I really am. Yeah, I you really know it's am. a bad
1: day when Nate's pissed off.
0: Yeah, honestly. I'm pretty chill most of the time. But <laughs> There's just overall... Mm. <laughs> There's mm. only
1: room for one mad guy on this podcast, and it's me.
0: Right, right. <laughs> but I'm I'm pretty mad today. And then even even in the ninth, you know, Gamble started things out with a with a walk. You thought maybe, but uh, after that, you know, Nagalski fly out. Stalling struck out, pinch hitting, and then Michael Perez. What do you expect? Grounded out, and the Pirates lost. And it was really sad. And you know, trade wise, Rich Rod not doing the Pirates any favors with that one. The ERA. Remember in May when Rich Rod's ERA was like oh thirty or mm-hmm. honestly, I think it was zero. His ERA is still looking nice on the year. It's two sixty five, but uh, I mean, it's just it's just a disappointing loss because I. I really was expecting the Pirates to get their first sweep of the year. And uh, here we are. Pirates with 36 and 57. And uh, that's just pretty much what it is. They're they're a last place team, but we're here talking
1: about them. And uh, we'll see what happens going forward. Yeah, I got to say, though, I, I saw a tweet and I really agree with it. The Pirates are probably the most exciting shit team in the MLB right now. They're just fun to watch. The They have all these pieces on their team that are just so exciting to see. Like, the, Obviously, Nagowski is an absolute Pittsburgh legend right now. He, um, is. he liked that a freaking triple today, and I was so proud. Um, Adam Frazier, one of the top hitters in baseball. Brian Reynolds, a breakout this year. Um... I mean, there is just a lot of good assets on this team, even like some of our bullpen pieces. I, I know I flash back to them, but even they're looking good, like um, Austin Davis is looking all right. Chris Stratton looks oh. really good. Um, so, I, I mean, I I have high hopes for this season, not, be, not in a way where we're going to come back and obviously take the division because that's just out of the question. But people, like, I, I think this is going to be the one podcast where I say – People were expecting the Pirates to have 45 wins, and that was a shot at me. Um, <laughs> I think they're going to pass that by a wide margin. They are, if they keep playing like this, Like I, I know finishing off the series, I, I will trade off not having a sweep all season as long as we can take two or three within each series. I will take that for this year at least. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I remember you
0: said... Uh, it was a few months ago. You said you put the Pirates over under win total. It was, was it 56? I think it was. 59, perhaps. Um, I I do think they're going to get above that. Well, I don't know. It's tough to say. It's tough to say after trades. But um, I do think they're about a 60, 65, 67 type win team. Um You know they're going to trade Frazier, and I'm excited to see what they get back for him. But I will say, once they trade Frazier, I'd really like to see Rodolfo Castro called up and getting everyday at bats at second base. They sent him back down to the minors today for our old pal Gregory Polanco, um, which he didn't do too bad though. Talk about that. Talk about that. However you may, but. um, I will say, I've been saying this all year, I said this at the beginning of the year, the Pirates, they do suck, they suck really bad, they're a really awful team, but they are watchable, um, you know, they get blown out, that first game against the Mets, I remember, you know, they gave up 10 runs in that 6th that inning, right before the All-Star break, but... When they're good, it is pretty exciting. It's fun to watch, at least. And as a fan of a rebuilding crap team that it is right now, that's pretty much all you can ask for. And it's kind of a decent little segue into the rest of the draft, but the Pirates have a nice little future here, you know. We talked about Henry Davis. He actually signed today $2 million below slot value. I think he signed it about six and a half million um yeah he signed for six and a half million his bonus the slot is about eight and a half million so the pirates they signed him and they drafted uh a few high school three straight high school players anthony salmetto lonnie white jr bubba chandler it looks like they are all gonna sign with the pirates and you know The farm system is getting beefed up and although things look pretty ugly at times, even though the Pirates did win two of three, the future's bright. I mean, we can't, we can't deny that. The future at least looks bright. It's, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell, you know, players work out, players don't work out, but the future at least on the surface right now looks bright in my opinion.
1: And I agree. Um. I actually spoke to Solomito, uh, I think it was the day after he was drafted, and he is all excitement about joining the Pirates. He says that, uh, I mean, first of all, he loves the Steelers, so already there's some love for Pittsburgh there. Heck wrong there. Um, and he told me himself that he used to wear 32 to commemor- or in memory of Franco Harris, which I love. That's uh, all. And so... These are magic. We love it. Mm-hmm. And then Bubba Chandler's tout- touted as one of the best... Uh, uh, two-way two players. So if the Pirates can incorporate a two-way system in the, or two-way player in their system, that would work out. That yeah, would be very sick. I want to know though. I want to pick Charrington's brain because he not, made not just one but I think two of his picks opt out of collegiate deals to play with them. How the hell? One of them was for Clemson. He gave yeah. that was Chandler. He gave up playing for Davo Sweeney to go play for the Pirates. What the hell did Charrington say to them? That's that's amazing. Like he
0: said, mean, he said, I'll give you about a million dollars for you not to get your get bashed in football. <laughs> to play baseball instead. Um, I will say, I saw a funny tweet. I forget who tweeted it. Sorry to the tweeter, but it was hilarious. It said the Pirates got more four-star recruits that football did this year. Oh yeah, <laughs> that made me laugh. Um, I will say, I I saw uh, the Pirates got four top thirty-two prospects according to Baseball America. I mean, these lists, you know, you know how lists are; mm-hmm. they are whatever. But four of the top thirty-two players on whatever list you want to say in the first three rounds. I mean, that in itself is pretty nice. And uh, I mean, Salamento. I watched some of his highlights. Left-handed prep pitcher, he's got a little Madison Bumgarner action in his uh, in his his delivery. He's got that long lefty sidearm-ish looking delivery. He looks pretty nice. So I don't know. We'll see. It'll it'll be easier to tell. You know, obviously in three or four years, whenever these guys get developed, drafting's one thing, but developing is the most important thing. So we'll see what happens, but. Draft Day alone, I mean, this this farm system, the Pirates farm system, Sherrington came here after 2019. This farm system is easily a top-five farm system, I would say. You could say top three. You could say top two. You could say whatever you want. But Sherrington, in the short time that he's been here, he has restocked definitely, and he's gotten a lot for, you know – Wow, players, you know. I mean, I I do love Jameson Tyon. I love Josh Bell when he was hitting a million home runs. I really liked Musgrove when he was here. But these aren't, like, superstars. But Sherrington was able to turn them into some really nice prospects. He's been drafting well. And, you know, he's a monster on the international market. The farm system as a whole, I will say – It's definitely something to get excited
1: about. Yeah, and wasn't ours like toward the bottom of the barrel two years ago But like, when Sherrington took over? Yeah. So, you know,
0: I I have to say, too, like there is the caveat. Whenever Sherrington took over, there were some nice prospects. I mean, you know, O'Neal Cruz was here. Tanaj Thomas was here. Quinn Priester is a Neil Huntington draft pick. But as a whole – The system was mid-tier at best. Right. uh, Since Sherrington's been here, you know, he's he's ripped it down to the nuts and bolts, and he's going to keep ripping it down. He's going to trade Frazier. We'll see what we get for Tyler Anderson. We'll see if Rich Rod can net something. There's going to be more trades, but at the very least, there is a foundation. We got Brian Hayes. We got Brian Reynolds. We got players on the way. We got these nice draft hauls from Sherrington. So, I mean, as a whole, I can't complain at all. At all right now. I mean, it's it sucks rooting for a team with a win percentage in the 40s as a whole. But, uh, you know, for, for the rebuild, things have been, they've been getting better. They definitely have.
1: <laughs> yeah, and um, I want to talk about the trade market a little bit. You brought up three names who the Pirates are more likely going to deal. I want to ask you this question. If they could keep one player, who would it be and why? Of those three? Yeah, Frazier, Anderson, and Rodriguez. Or now, let me not ask, who would you like them to see? Who is more likely to stay on the team? Um, That's a good question. Honestly, the
0: cynical side of me says most likely they keep Rich Rod, just because I feel like his stock is falling a little bit. Um, I don't think, I don't think that, I don't think his, his stock is as high as it was a few months ago, you know, when he was amazing. But, uh, I don't know. Like, I would like to see them keep Frazier, in theory, you know, just having a good player. But, it's... It's tough. I mean, like you look at Frazier, he's a career, what, 280-something hitter. He's having a career year. I just, I don't see him being a 330 hitter for the long haul. And I'm just being a cynic right now, but I don't know. I think now is the perfect time to trade him, although it has been exciting. I will say it was like pretty cool to see two pirates, all-star starters. <laughs> the pirates have to be one of the worst teams ever to have two all-star starters. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it was cool. And I will say too, Reynolds hit that deep fly ball to right field. in his first all-star at bat, I thought that was a freaking bomb. And, <laughs> it. and, uh, it was kind of sad, but, I don't know. If I had to keep one, I'd probably keep Rich Rod, just because I don't think he will net the biggest return. But, uh, I mean, honestly, if they kept all of them, I wouldn't be, like, mad per se, but uh, I just think Frazier's on his way out. I think now is the right time to trade him, and with Tyler Anderson, I mean, he's on a one-year deal, so get whatever you can for Get, get a lottery ticket prospect um, and you know we'll see but uh, definitely I I will not be sad to see anyone go unless it's Brian Reynolds if Brian Reynolds is traded I I am not for that whatsoever I am totally against that but uh, anyone else you know we'll see we'll see what they can get
1: yeah Just, I think I think Reynolds. They- I think um, I agree. I'm I'm with you on Reynolds. I think he's an untouchable at this point. Um, But uh, yeah, I I wouldn't be so sad to see per se anyone go really, Uh, especially Frazier. Something tells me that Charrington's going to stick to his word that he needs to get a wow deal in order to trade him. And something tells me that that's not going to happen. I don't know why I think that, but I, I just have this funny feeling that Charrington's going to play it smart and he's just not going to be like Huntington and just take a deal just to take a deal because that's what everybody's talking about. Right. Um, so I guess to answer the question, if I could keep one person, it would be Frazier, but not because I want to see him, but because I'm not going to give him up for something really stupid. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in a few weeks? Plus, I mean, I don't think there's been much on the hot stove in terms of talks with about Fraser, unless you've heard anything. I haven't heard too much.
0: No, I haven't heard anything at all. Uh, I'm not really, not really plugged in that way as much as I wish I was. But uh, have you heard anything that they that suggests that they're leaning
1: towards keeping him, perhaps? Instead? I haven't. I haven't heard anything saying they're going to keep him. But nothing's really been picking up in terms of who might. I know there's teams out there that would want him, but at the same time, I haven't heard much of like. You know, the the White Sox, for example, are in hot pursuit of Adam Frazier, you know, at the deadline, a deal could be done there or, you know, blah, blah, blah. I just haven't heard anything like everybody's saying, yes, he could be a valuable trade chip, but I just haven't heard too much about anyone who is really pursuing him right now, which is so weird, honestly, because I thought he would be out the door <laughs> really quickly. But no, um, I haven't heard of anyone saying that the Pirates are looking to keep Frazier. I just feel like Charrington won't just cough him up for anything, and he'll want to make sure that he gets the best deal possible for a guy who pretty much who leads the MLB in hits and could really make a vital piece. He and almost it's almost like he wants to swindle teams to make the make the worst move they can make, make the best move the Pirates can make. If that makes sense,
0: yeah. I mean, I agree with that, but I feel like at times Neil Huntington kind of fell into that trap where. He he wanted to rip people off, and I feel like sometimes he kind of passed on moves that he could have perhaps made, just because he wanted to squeeze out every ounce of value. He wanted, you know, he wanted a dollar fifty on the dollar instead of you know just just getting a fair deal. But when it comes to Frazier, you know, you look at it; he's twenty nine. He's a free agent in 2023. He's having the best year of his career. I'm just looking on his uh, baseball reference page right now. His B-War is 2.8, which, I mean, like, that's very nice. I don't think his value is going to be any higher than it is. And, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's so hard to gauge – I don't think he's going to bring back, you know, a top 100 prospect, maybe a fringe top 100 prospect. Maybe Sherrington has some players that he likes that, you know, he's 19 now, but in two years will be a top 100 prospect. Um, it's just it's just really tough to tell right now. I do think he's going to be traded. I don't know where. there. There's definitely some teams that need help at second base, they need hitting, you know, there's the Yankees, there's you know, the Giants could probably use Frazier. The White Sox have been floated out there, as have some other teams. I'm just throwing out teams right now, but uh, I don't know. I think he gets traded, but I, I just think we'll see. We'll see what Sherrington does. We'll see if It'll be interesting to see, honestly, if Frazier is traded like kind of soon or if it is just a straight-up deadline deal. And, uh, I mean, I'm not sure. There, There is always the possibility that perhaps Frazier is not traded and maybe maybe in the offseason a team looks to get him. But uh, at this point, I still think Frazier is definitely going to be traded. Um, I mean, it's been nice. It's been nice to see a guy hit well over 300. He doesn't hit the ball hard, but he just has a knack for finding grass. He is the king of bloops over the shortstop's head, settling nicely in front of the left fielder. Um, I don't know. If it were up to me, I would definitely trade Frazier right now, though. I think his value will never be higher. That's that's what I think.
1: Right. And I, I don't disagree. I just don't think Ben Charrington is just going to take a deal just to take a deal. Right. right. I, I think he'll play it smart, like you said. Maybe he won't return the best prospect overall. But, but could you imagine, though, like, say – the Yankees are in such peril right now. Can you imagine if Cashman were to send Jason Dominguez to the Pirates for a Frazier? <laughs> I would shit myself.
0: I don't even want to. I don't even want to like tease myself with that. <laughs> but that would be pretty incredible. I mean, the Pirates, the Pirates, they definitely enjoy trading with the Yankees. Uh, tie on that. The tie on trade. That's all you need to know. I mean. Then there's the uh, Xavier Nady trade back in the day. The Pirates made off pretty well with that. Um, But yeah, if they they got a prospect like Dominguez, that would just be insane. Um, I don't know, though. I think, honestly, though, I think if they do trade Frazier, I think it'll be like a Musgrove-type return, where it's not someone that you really know about, but you look at it, and they get four players, all pretty young, maybe maybe one major league player or major league ready player in that discussion. But uh, I really think, you look at it, the trades that Sherrington has made, they've all been pretty uh, pretty young guy heavy, where they're teenagers, they're maybe 20 years old, they start in low A, high A, whatever it may be, and... It's kind of like a lottery ticket, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. It's it's going to be exciting to see, regardless. And I will say too, even if they do trade Frazier and the team gets worse, they're still going to have they're still going to have Rodolfo Castro coming up, and they still have some young players. And it's going to be
1: exciting, I think, regardless. D. Strange Gordon, maybe. <laughs> what was that? D Strange Gordon, TJ Rivera. Yeah,
0: yeah, guys. D Gordon, man. Minor League signee. Who knows? Who knows? That's uh it'll it'll be fun to see though. I mean yeah. if you look at it, the team's not winning very many games at all. Um so, you know, if they trade Frazier, like, it's not going to make the biggest difference in the world this year. Which, it doesn't even matter if it makes the biggest difference in the world this year because it, it's <laughs> a type year. But, right. uh, I don't know. It's it's definitely an interesting discussion, for sure. And, uh, I, I, I trust
1: Ben Sherrington. I do. I do. Yeah, same here. I don't think anybody has a reason to not trust him. Yeah, I mean, since he's gotten
0: here, he's just, he's replenished the system. He has made an eh farm system, farm system, sorry, straight up to a league best farm system. And I know a lot of people, they they snark at the idea of having a good farm system because it's just, it's the old adage, just, prospects 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 blah 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 but uh when the fact of the matter is the pirates i mean it it is a pirates problem but it's also an mlb problem um pirates are they're a small market team it it's sad to say and it is like talking to a wall but uh they're not gonna spend we know that and that's the thing you see discussions about the pirates it's it starts and ends with bitching about the owner which i agree but uh the gm can only do what the gm does and uh i i give Sherrington a lot of a lot of kudos
1: for what he's done so far so that's all there is to it Yep. I mean, hell, he brought over the best first baseman in history in John Nagowski. So. He
0: really did. Honestly, for nothing. too. <laughs> John freaking Nagowski, Pirates legend. What are your thoughts on the whole Marcus Stroman interaction from the other
1: night in this series? You want my honest opinion? Yes, I would love it. I think Stroman's a little bitch, honestly. <laughs> Seriously, he he's going around. He can't pitch his way out of a paper bag. He finally gets one out. Nagowski says one thing to him, and all of a sudden, Nagowski's the worst guy, and, he, and Strowman's in his press conference calling a clown. Strowman hid behind his catcher during that whole ordeal. He's such a little he punk. Did. I don't... Like, grow some balls in and man up, dude. And then and then it's funny, because on Twitter, every Pirates fan that said anything to Strowman, he immediately blocked. Like, you immediately... Was, and then, immediately. Yes, and I've seen screenshots of it. It was just unreal. And then Nagowski okay. in his press conference... Hey, we're just tough guys who want to play. That's the thing I like to see. I love it.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I, I said this kind of half-jokingly when it first, when Nagowski Mania started, but uh, give me give me a little right-handed Garrett Jones from Nagalski. We still need to see his first bomb. Uh, he has been pretty lucky with the BAPIP since joining the Pirates. Actually, extremely lucky, but... Uh, I don't know. Whenever your twenty games under five hundred, and I said this before, I said their win percentage is in the forties. It's actually in the thirties, so I have that up. But uh, whenever your win percentage is three eighty seven, uh, it's fun to get excited about John Nagowski, even if he is, even if he is hitting dinky little singles and whatnot. Um, I don't care right now. I will ride the Nagalski train until it runs dry, and who knows? Nagalski uh, is, pr- is probably is probably his, one of his last chances. You know, he's in his he's in his later twenties. He's been DFA'd a good amount. Um, it's probably his last chance. He gets to join a really crappy team, and he's getting everyday at bats until Colin Moran comes back. Who knows? Maybe he can niche himself out a little role and uh, it's been fun to watch in the two weeks or so that he's been here and it's kind of been lucky. It has been. He's been a little lucky, but I don't care right now. I really don't. I think I don't know what to think about him long term. I don't even want to think about him long term. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care right now. It's fun right now. And like I said, when you're 20 games under 500, you just need to find little things that make the season fun. And John nikowski is definitely doing that at the moment.
1: Yep, I mean i've been on I've been on the hype train since he first came to Pittsburgh. So I'll be on it until he hopefully he isn't DFA'd, but in, until he starts declining, I'll still be on that train. He's one heck, of my he's, he's my favorite for life.
0: Heck yeah, and I mean, <laughs> in the moment. You know, we've been talking about it. Watching this lineup, it's like watching paint dry at times. It's extremely not fun. It's a three deep lineup. But at least with Nagowski and hot Ben Gamble, even though he's kind of cooling down a little bit right now, uh, what did he do today? Let me check. Um, ben Gamble. You know, he had, ah, he had two hits. He was two. No, oh, okay. Never mind. Ben Gamble was two for three today with two walks. So. He's not cooling down at all. The Pirates lineup, basically, what I'm trying to say, it went from three deep to
1: five-ish deep. Dare I, say, I say? Plus uh, Wilmer Defoe, if he gets playing. Wilmer
0: Defoe,
1: yes. I
0: Defoe mean, mania! What a what a what a ragtag bunch that the Pirates have right now. Six runs today. I mean, six runs all in the first inning. They didn't do anything. After, but uh I don't know. It's fun to watch. We have to talk about this though. How about last night's game? Jacob Stallings, his second walk off bomb of the year, a walk off grand slam. I just I need to hear what you think about that.
1: I was I wasn't watching the game. I was watching the game day of it, and whenever I saw it was in on the hands and it said run to it. I'm like, there's no way he actually did this. And then I <laughs> saw the video. I was shocked, but I was so excited. Like, I was with my girlfriend, and I literally jumped up in the air. And, I mean, anybody could ask her, and she was, like, concerned about me, thinking I was going to some <laughs> weird episode. I was like, how the hell does this dude do this all the time? He's more clutch than his dad was as a coach at Pitt.
0: Oh, obviously. I was more clutch as a coach at Pitt than he was his dad. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no. It's actually kind of funny, because you look at it. The Pirates scored nine runs in the last two innings last night five runs four runs and then six runs in the first inning today so what that's 15 runs in three innings sandwiched between fucking nothing for the nine nine innings around that but uh i don't know at the end of the day the pirates took four out of seven Against the Mets. The Mets thought that they had an easy breezy seven game stretch. They thought they were going to get a nice little cushion in the division for themselves. But right now, the Mets sit at 47 and 42. Sorry, 48 and 42. They're only two games up on the Phillies. They are not sitting as pretty as they were. And uh, they're pretenders. I'm not a big Mets hater, but. Uh, I don't know. They they kind of rubbed me the wrong way during these seven games, and I'm glad the Pirates could uh, troll them a little bit in these seven games to win four. Imagine losing four of seven to the Pirates is all I'm saying. That's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> Agreed. Before we get out of here uh, for this pod, I just want to preview a little bit what the Pirates have coming up. Um, so... Basically, they had these games against the Mets tomorrow. Starting tomorrow, it's a West Coast trip for the Pirates, starting with a three-game series against the worst team in baseball. Much worse. They're so bad. This team that they're playing is so damn bad. They're nine, nine games behind the Pirates in the win column and the loss column. Uh, well, actually, nine games behind the Pirates in the win column, 11 games behind the Pirates in the loss column. So that's 10 games total. They're playing the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, just tell me straight up how many games are the Pirates going to win at Arizona this
1: Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday? I say they got a good chance of going 2 of 3. I um, agree. Yeah. I, I think 2 of 3 is fair. I don't want to say sweep because, you know, the Pirates haven't fucking swept anyone
0: all year long (laughs) That's my wallet.
1: (laughs) I love the fact that I'm not the cynical one this episode.
0: Oh, my God. Um, But, yeah, after the Diamondbacks, the Pirates travel to San Francisco to face somehow still the San Francisco Giants, one of the best teams in baseball. They still lead the NL West. They're 58-34 with their grandpa team. I don't know how it's how it's happening. I don't know if they're going to regress, but uh, we'll see what happens there. The Pirates played the Giants earlier this season, and I believe they split two apiece in a four-game series. Uh, check me on that, fans, if you're listening. But uh, that's, that's what I think, just thinking about it right now. I didn't look it up. But uh, they got three with the Diamondbacks, three with the Giants, and then they come back home take on the brewers and then they take on the phillies to round out july that's bucko's baseball we'll see what happens we'll see if any trades happen we'll see if the pirates can win some games we'll see what henry davis does once he starts his minor league career we can we can talk some more minors here going going forward because um, that's exciting too but uh yeah that's that's the outlook right now
1: yeah, I can't wait to uh, see what future discussions hold, especially after the trade deadline. For sure. We could wrap things
0: up now. Jake, where can we follow you on Twitter?
1: Well, either you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Radio Jake or just look through Mark Madden's quote tweets. I'm sure I'm there somewhere. <laughs> I
0: love that. You can follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch. And as always... You can follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter at BucksDugout. For Jake Slobodnik. I'm Nathan Hirsch. That's that's a good commentator thing right there, right? Huh? Right, I love it. Let's get it. Um, we'll be back after the Diamondback series. The pirates play tomorrow. Two late games, 940 apiece. And then Wednesday, it's a day game, it's a getaway game, it's 340, so. We'll be back sometime after that, breaking everything down, talking the Buckos, and uh, it's good shit. It's good shit, Jake. Any last thoughts before we get out of here?
1: Good shit, Bucks. Keep it going.
0: Let's go, Bucks. Huh? Few yep. wins. Yeah, fun to watch. We'll be back Wednesday. This is episode thirty-one. Talk the plank on SB Nation's Bucks dugout, Jake. I'll talk to you later. Everyone listening. Thank you, and have a great rest of your day. Peace.